0: about it. And we're live. Welcome to Business Insights with Sonia. Hi Sonia, how are you going?
1: I'm good, thank you for having me.
0: Ah, it's a pleasure. Look, uh, today's conversation we're going to be talking about how to recognize your life's purpose and fulfill your goals. Now some people will look at this as super fluffy stuff, but before we get into the nitty-gritty of the topic, let's get a bit of a snapshot of who Sonia Corky is and what your background is.
1: Um, well, I'm Sonia Corkery. I am. I am the owner of two businesses, actually, currently. Um, mm-hmm. But probably start with a little bit more about my background, so you yeah. can get a bit of an idea about me. I. I grew up in North Queensland. Well, I've spent the last 20 years of my life in North Queensland in uh, Townsville, if anyone's heard of it. Um, it's Townsville. close to <laughs> it's close to my hometown, which is Ingham, which is a nice little Italian community up there. Okay. Um, and I was only there a couple of weeks and I met my now husband uh, at the ripe old age of 17. So, you know, it was... Uh, a bit of an early experience for me, just, you know, falling into a relationship quite early. But um, my husband and I have basically been inseparable for the last 21 years. And um, I started off in sales, um, looking for a job while I was doing university. And I actually found that I was really passionate about sales. And um, the only thing I really didn't love about sales was the fact that I never had two days off together. And I worked every single weekend, which wasn't really for me. Um, And someone reached out to me from a financial institution and said, hey, you've got all of the skill set that we would love. um, That will correlate directly into banking. And I thought, well, this is a great gig because I only got to work Monday to Friday, no weekends. It's, um, It's a pretty good job. And I get to learn a lot about finance, which, you know, piqued my interest absolutely. So in that time, I actually came on with one of the big four as um, what they call branch manager development. So I actually was brought on directly to be trained in a management role straight away, yeah. which was amazing. Most people start you know, as a teller and have to progress. I got to do all of the roles within the branch quite quickly. Um, and then basically, I think I was 23 years old and I was a bank manager. So that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I right. then progressed into I thought, well, you know, this is great, I'm going to look for further career advancement. And mm. I actually progressed into um, commercial lending from my bank manager role. Yep. Um, and did that for a few years. And then, um, you know, all the while having kids and doing all of that. But then I thought I need another challenge. So I decided to do my financial planning um, degree as well. On top of that.
0: Yeah, of course, because you didn't have enough to do, right?
1: No, you know, just chuck it in, chuck it in. Tell,
0: let's go back a step. You, you said you, you you found out that you're passionate about sales. What was it about sales that made you sort of what drew you to it?
1: Well, I love people. Um, hmm. Again, my family background is Italian. I absolutely love talking to people. Uh, okay. I love hearing their stories. Yep. I love, you know, creating friendships. Um, and a lot of my clients I've had for a really long time. Yeah. Um, and I just loved, you know, going to work every day and, and talking to people. And I've generally found it fun. And yep. that obviously came through in my success in my sales role quite early on. I won't lie. Like I started at the good guys and, you know,
0: mm. everyone
1: used to be like, are you on the ads? And I'd say no, unfortunately. Um, but it really gave me a skill set of being able to be open and just talk to people.
0: You know, it's funny, we, some, sometimes when you mention the word sales, people sort of, you know, they they sort of, Oof, sales, I hate sales. You know, I don't want to mm. be seen as a salesperson. I often think that the perspective has been created by having a bad sales experience. Yeah. Because when someone's a good salesperson, they're not selling. They're no. building a relationship, they're helping you understand the product, and if it's not for you, they say this is not for you. But the ones we remember are the ones that tried to sell us something that we didn't want, right? Yeah. And yeah. so people go, oh, well, salespeople, and you go, well, you know, the ones that are good, you wouldn't even know they were in sales. They were just really pleasant. They helped you out, and that was more like customer service than sales. Yeah. So I often say to people, sales is a skill of communicating. Right? Yes. And if you want to be successful in life, not just business, in life, you've got to learn how to communicate with more people. And so it's a skill set that I think should be non-negotiable. I think they should teach it in schools. I think anyone who's in business should be sort of mandated to learn how to communicate or sell, uh, not only to their clients, to their team members, to their suppliers, to anyone that they, they have a connection with, to their families.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, so tell, tell me about, about, you're in the bank for a while, right? I'm curious about what you learned out of working in a bank.
1: Well, there was so much that was sales. Obviously working for one of the big four was, mm. um, was a blessing in the fact that, you know, I got to learn about all these amazing products and how they helped people in different scenarios and, yeah. and basically connect what their situation was with what fit for what they needed. Right. And, and basically saying, um, what are your needs? Tell me what you need from me? Um, mm-hmm. What are your pain points? How yep. are you struggling? And, and I will let you know what we have available to help you alleviate those troubles or give you a solution. Um, and I really love doing that because I really love making people happy and, and fixing things for people. Um, it was great in the fact that I got a huge amount of training, um, you know, covered, which they were really great at upskilling us. And I got all these amazing products at a staff rate, which was great.
0: I think, um, Robert Kiyosaki said it best in his book, Rich Dad, put out, I'm sure you've read it. Yes. He said, you know, when, when you go to work for someone, think of it as education. Right, And certainly in corporates, they spend a lot of money on their training and and you get this amazing amount of training around customer service, asking good questions, metrics, KPIs and numbers that we're going to lead into in a moment. But I think often people um, don't realise that people who come out of corporate have got a high set of skills that they can actually bring into the small business world. And I suppose that sort of brings us around to what you're doing right now because one of the reasons I was super excited about today is You know, you've been working with your husband for quite a number of years in his electrical contracting business. I think you you realized that you had a superpower and uh, that superpower has now taken you into a new business venture. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that?
1: yeah so what i'm doing right now is essentially what i've been doing for some time which is helping people um a lot of people have come to me knowing my background and how extensive it is um and you know 15 years we've been in business um so we've seen a lot of things done a lot of things Mm. and running a business that has you know multiple locations has another challenge on top of that Mm -hmm. so um i officially kicked off with Clear Plan consulting last year um basically to let people know that there is someone out there that can give you this information and help you by articulating with you what your goals are personally. Because a lot of people will be in business and 10 years down the track they're no financially better off personally than when they started.
0: It's super interesting, right? Because uh, when you think about the purpose of a business, the purpose of a business is to generate a profit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But I I basically assist people in mapping that out Yeah, and then reverse engineering that into a step by step on how to achieve the goals that they want to.
0: Okay. So let, let's sort of work on that one for a minute. What do you think stops people doing this themselves?
1: Um, well, education is massive. As you just said earlier, um, yeah. not knowing what you don't know is huge. So yeah. being able to come to someone who probably has the answer ready for you or has a wide network to be able to get that information for you and then be the conduit between your specialist and the business owner to help them facilitate those choices and I think that you know not making a choice is a choice and if they're not making the choices to move forward then they will become stagnant and not progress in their own lives and as you said You know, running a business is quite busy. There's a lot happening and a lot of people say, look, I am going to do that. I just need to do these things first. Mm. And they're six months down the track and no better off. And if you've got somebody who not only has mapped that out for you but can help make sure those steps happen, Mm. that's when the real magic can happen.
0: Yeah. See, for me, I think one of the main reasons people don't like goal setting is if I set a goal, there's two things that could happen and I might not be happy with either. One is that I actually achieve it and it's not the right goal. That's terrifying, right? What happens if I say <laughs> I want this and I actually change my mind? And the second one is what happens if I fail? So fear of success and fear of failure, which sounds weird, right? Because then you're not gonna win either way. But um, I think what you've described is important and, and coming back to your background in finance, because one of the big tenets for me is the numbers in business do not lie. And when you ask the question, how's business, 80% of people I speak to, when I ask that question, they go, we're flat out. Now, you can't quantify flat out, right? So flat out good, flat out bad. Are you making money, (laughs) right? And usually that's where they come unstuck because they go, well, we will be in the future. We're not quite going quite well right now. And you go, well, that's an interesting point. So you're flat out, but you're not making money. How, how, How do you reconcile this? So let's talk about numbers a bit, because obviously this whole idea of recognizing your purpose and fulfilling your goal is what, what we're here to talk about, and I think part of it is self-manifesting for you, because you've gone through this professional education, you've worked in your husband's business, you've worked out that you've got a bit of a bent towards working with numbers, and helping people deconstruct, as you, as you said earlier, like if this is your goal, then this is what we need to do right now, and this is how we know if we're on track. So uh, how, how, does that, how does that work? Like, so for you in your, own, in your own business, can you give us a, a couple of examples of where this has been used?
1: So as a business, every quarter we plan as an entire team, like all yeah. the top level. We, we meet for two days and we run through everything that we've done for the previous quarter and then mm-hmm. do a planning session where we round table where there's no rank, there's no... I'm the boss or anything like that. Everything yep. is open on the table for discussion. We yep. map out the strategic plan against our goals for the next three months. Mm-hmm. And then we put that into you know tasks and steps that can be done on a weekly basis. And it's all very structured and monitored, but everybody in the team puts in what they think, feel, everybody is part of that journey. And I think sometimes when you're a, a solopreneur or you're, uh, you know, say only a couple people in your business, it can be quite difficult because there's only a couple of you where we involve the entire team in that process. And I do that a lot with the clients that I work with and, you know, they're specialists, accountants, solicitors anyone you know that they might be using in their team um, and we come together and we say well what is the goal what are we trying to achieve and how do we break that down yeah. um, and by having it structured it just means that there's that accountability in making sure that those things start to take place yeah. um, and I agree sometimes it can be daunting the the you know what if we fail what if you don't hmm. what if you what if you just take the chance if it's calculated, yeah. calculated risk. And as I said to you, if you're making decisions, not only on the data, but on your gut feeling as well. Yeah. And it's calculated risk, you know, the chances are pretty great that you're going to be successful.
0: Yeah. And, and, and this is the pushback because often people will say, look, I'm, I'm not good at goal setting. I've tried it before and I've failed. Yeah. And how do I know what I can achieve in the future? How do I even know what's going to happen tomorrow? Mm. So how do you combat that fear? where people say, well, I'm not comfortable predicting the future because who knows? Like no one could predict COVID as an example.
1: Mm, Yeah.
0: How does it manage that that, uh, conundrum?
1: Well, we we make everything quite visual. So a lot of people are quite visual. So we have to have it where they see it every day, they're living and Mm -hmm. breathing it. Um, We also work on, you know, if someone is quite conservative, for example, we're going to align them with things that are more along their level of risk. I'm not going to put them into anything where they you know the whole thing could collapse tomorrow we just would never ever do that um we would be looking at things that align with their vision and purpose as well and their values Mm -hmm. um and basically incorporating that with fallbacks we usually put multiple fallbacks in place for multiple scenarios we make sure that they build a war chest um Mm -hmm. you know we have things in place that would make them extremely comfortable. And we also give them benchmarks as well, saying, when you reach this point, this is the trigger point for the next step and so forth and so on. Yep. If it doesn't happen organically within that period, um, we have to look at the numbers and run, well, why has that not happened? What's taken place? And reviewing the trends in their data to see you know, essentially what's happened in their business. We would never push them to the next step until you know they're ready to get to that point.
0: Right, right. So when we, when, we, so going back to you and your husband's electrical business, you run these meetings every three months, two days. Yes. You yes. review progress. You set targets. You set projects in play, and if something's not on track, because problem with goal setting is I can set a target, but I can't guarantee I'm going to get to it. How do how do you then manage that?
1: So if it wasn't achieved, obviously, we look at the reason as to why and yep. if there was anything that could have been done differently. Yep. Um, and then we reset that goal. If that's still a part of the process to achieve the higher level goals, yep. say for the 12-month the financial year, right. then we'll reset that over the, the coming you know 90-day sprint, as we call it. Mm-hmm um and what we need to do then maybe differently to ensure that we achieve that task or goal and sometimes it might be as simple as getting multiple people to work on that to make that actually happen because you know the one person who was championing that one task has really struggled with it sometimes we need to get outside support um but if that is aligning with what we're wanting to achieve we just have to work out another way. And a very great man who I work with on the regular always says to me, Sonia, just have to say, how can I? Don't tell me you can't. Tell me how how you can. So it's it's about thinking outside the box. And sometimes that brainstorming really can enlighten you to other avenues to achieve what you want to achieve.
0: Yeah, fantastic. So really, like what you're saying is goal setting is a mechanism. Uh, It's used to set the bar yes used to correct course and for anyone who's running a business if they're not regularly checking in on their goals or even setting goals one of the problems they're going to have is that uh, they've got no orientation you know i think
1: it's like rowing a boat in a direction you're not sure of right and everyone in your boat is rowing in a different way like unless you're all on the same wavelength, um, have all agreed and all understand what your position and job role is in achieving the goal. Yes, it can be really difficult. And you don't even realise that you're working against yourself.
0: Mm. Yeah, super interesting. So let's talk about purpose. Okay, because the topic today is how to recognise your purpose and fulfil your goals. How do you recognise your purpose?
1: I think that when you realize what drives you and what you're really passionate about and look let's be fair electrical wasn't my passion i really was passionate at that time about helping my husband because i love him and i wanted him to be successful in what he had chosen um i'm really passionate about just helping people Mm. and but i love finance i love everything about it i love that the numbers are factual i love that you know that it can work in so many different ways and I thought well I really need to combine my passions right my passions are about helping people who mm-hmm. really need it mm-hmm. and and you know the finance and goal setting and structural aspect and all of the things to do with um strategy I love strategy and I thought well this ticks every box you know I'm genuinely helping people who need it mm-hmm. um I really am using a skill set that I'm great at
0: yeah
1: and it's really fulfilling me and, you know, yes, I'm making an income from it, which is a bonus because I just generally love doing it anyway. And I think that if your your purpose and your values are aligned um, and if everybody helped one person, we'd be in a much better place as far as the world's concerned, right? You know, I know that when I've needed help, people have helped me and this is just my way of, you know, kind of giving back and filling my own cup while doing it.
0: Mm. It's funny because I was, I was interviewing someone a few weeks back and he said, you know, one of the problems in Australia is we're not collaborative. Everyone's out to beat everyone else. And yep. so we don't work together. Yep. And one of the issues with everyone sort of running their own race is there's no synergy in between people. So you know, people aren't partnering where they could because they're fearful of losing. And this scarcity mindset. That people have where they're saying well i don't want to share my ip or i don't want to talk to this guy he's my competitor it causes all sorts of fear yeah yeah and amongst that fear we end up contracting our ability to grow or to scale and so what you've talked about with helping other people a lot of people will resonate that's what i love doing i love helping other people and i get that but then the secondary question is how can sonia help as many people as possible right because if you've got a great story and if you've got a mechanism or a methodology, the question is, well, how, how do you get in front of enough people that, that you can actually make a difference, right? So I think when we talk at this level, this is purpose level, okay?
1: Absolutely.
0: And, and for, for a lot of people, they struggle with this because they go, oh, I don't know what my purpose is. Oh, I just need to make enough money to pay the bills. And before the call, we were talking a bit about this whole idea of purpose and fulfilling goals and how business is a conduit. It's not actually yes. the end game for a lot of people, and what I mean by that is it's a means to an end, and I think you get this. So if we look behind the scenes of the two businesses, you've got your, your electrical contracting business with your husband. You've got your consulting business that you're doing right now. Um, what's, the, what's the end game for you? What are you trying to achieve personally?
1: Well, I have three three young sons and two of my sons are autistic and, you know, that has challenges in itself and, um, and I've grown up without my sister who's in her 50s is also quite intellectually impaired um, and family is massive for me. I, I love my family. Um, we're big, we're loud, we're in each other's pockets and I love it but, this journey allows me to be there with my family, with my kids. Um, yep. we, we have family holidays, we are living and making memories. And the reason that I love being in business so much is that I can make the choice and say, well, I'm not working today. I'm going to spend time with my boys. Um, I'm going to take an extra day off and go for a long mm-hmm. weekend. I do have to work really hard on the days that I'm working. But family is really everything to me and and I'd love to just make memories and and have the capacity to do that. And I don't think that if I was in a nine to five Monday to Friday, you know, big four role again, Mm -hmm. I would not have the capacity to to do all of those things that I really love and enjoy. And so I'm really, really doing this for my boys. I mean, my own personal portfolio of what I've built as far as wealth creation will be far more than they will ever need um, and I'm teaching them on how to do that on their own so they fully understand but I'm, I'm creating intergenerational wealth and I'm, along the way I'm creating these amazing memories for my kids mm-hmm. and hopefully their kids and so on. So that's really important to both my husband and myself.
0: Fantastic. So let me ask you, we're sort of coming to the to the end of the conversation. And if we were going to give, like, if there were three key pieces of advice that you'd offer to someone in business, what would they be?
1: I would say, be open minded and think outside the box about what opportunities await you or what other ways you could overcome the, the situation or problem that has arisen. So really think outside the box and um, seek other knowledge and you know, other people who've done it before to give you other options that you might not be aware of. Uh, secondly, I'd say any decision that you make, it's really important that you not only make the decision on the basis of your gut, how you feel about it, but also the data. In my mind, if both of those things don't stack up, then it's still a no. You need to feel great about the decision, but also you need to know that that's calculated and it's going to benefit you. If there's any indication that it might not, then it, it you can't proceed. You must make sure that you don't put yourself in a worse position.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'd say, surround. Thirdly, and lastly, and probably one of the most important is surround yourself with like-minded people who share the same values that you do. Um, there is great support networks such as Outcomes, you know, where people can go and seek support and advice and um you know so many people who know people in the business community that are willing to help and offer support um you're not on your own please don't ever think that you are it can be a lonely place but involving yourself in communities like this where you can get support is invaluable
0: yeah and I think like community is a big one because uh especially like the last three years people have been put in isolation and uh the only way you can yeah. contact people is through these computer things that we're using right now. But uh, ironically, I don't think it's going to reverse. I think uh, it actually gives people another channel. Um, Absolutely. Which, which means, yes, I can catch up face-to-face with people, but Sonia being up in Queensland, me being in Melbourne, the chances of us connecting face-to-face is pretty low. But this way, we can actually just jump on a Zoom call, we can share ideas, we can chat about what's going on in business, we can talk about you know ideals and, and values. So it sort of opens up the world to even more connection, not less. Um, when people see value in that,
1: absolutely. And it's been great to connect. You know, I love it. I, again, I just love people.
0: Mm. Yeah. Plus,
1: Melbourne's got pretty good coffee, I heard. So I wouldn't mind coming down. You know, the food's way better than good, Brisbane. Pretty...
0: Way better. <laughs> <worse. laughs> so if you get down here, and also it's sunny today for oh, ten minutes. Oh wow, that's good. <laughs> But, um, yeah, it's great down here. So, um, listen, Sonia, so thanks so much for sharing a bit of your story today. It's been really insightful just to understand what makes you tick and um, just finding out a bit about how you got to where you are right now. So I really appreciate your time.
1: Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been
0: great. Yeah, awesome. Thanks again.